On this staff edition episode of the ASC podcast with John Gailey, we provide an update on COVID-19, the vaccine, and travel restrictions outside the United States. Welcome to the ASC podcast with John Gailey the longest-running podcast specifically focused on the freestanding ambulatory surgery industry. The ASC Podcast with John Gailey is brought to you through the generous support of our sponsors, Ambulatory Healthcare Strategies, Surgical Information Systems, Intelair, Encompass Healthcare Data Solutions, Medicus IT, and BHG Patient Lending. This podcast would not be possible without the support of our sponsors, all of whom have been carefully screened for the quality of their products and services and their dedication to the ASC industry. For more information about our sponsors, visit our website at ASCPodcast.com and please consider them for your center's needs. Welcome to episode 122 of the staff edition of the ASC podcast with John Gailey for January 17th, 2021. We're recording from our studios in Spencerport, New York. This is Sue Cronkite, chief researcher for the ASC podcast with John Gailey and senior nurse consultant for ambulatory healthcare strategies. Joining me is John Gailey, the owner of ambulatory healthcare strategies and recognized as one of the nation's leading experts in the ambulatory surgery industry. Mr. Gailey is the author of over 10 books on the ASC industry and a frequent industry speaker on regulatory accreditation and finance issues. So as we begin our fourth year Mm -hmm. uh, with the podcast, one of the changes we decided to make is to have a staff edition of the ASC podcast. Uh, And this is our first inaugural episode. So for now, it's Mm -hmm. just going to be numbered the same, uh, you know, numbered separately from the uh, other episodes. And I'll have the word staff edition. But uh, if it becomes popular, as I suspect it will, um, I hope it will, (laughs) we might uh, turn it into a separate podcast. We'll see how that goes. Uh, So this is uh, really designed specifically for staff. Now, um, I do encourage any of uh, you know staff that are listening to this if they want more information or mm-hmm. if they ever really are considering moving into management in an ambulatory surgery center. Uh, that certainly the the podcast is available for free to anybody that uh, that wants to listen to it, mm-hmm. and it certainly uh, there's no reason for you not to listen to it. It's just that it is a heck of a lot longer than these sessions will mm-hmm. be. Yeah. So you know, and over the past four years, we've developed over 120 episodes that have largely catered to the needs of administrators, nurse managers, and owners, and business office managers. So the goal of these series of podcasts are probably uh, to use these, for example, for in-services or just if uh, if you know your employer asks you to, uh, hey, just review this podcast at your leisure, uh, you know, something that you can listen to on your phone uh, or on your computer. And we're always asking people to let us know if there's something that they're interested in learning about and hearing about. So feel free to email us at comments at ASCPodcast.com. 
So this week, what we thought we would talk about, uh, again, this is coming from one of our clients who kind of noted that these this individual is getting a lot of questions about the COVID vaccine, about the COVID-19, you know, kind of an update on what's going on, and also some issues regarding international travel that's coming up. And we really want you to be, uh, you know, really understand what's going on and, and really why perhaps your employer is uh, is telling you, uh, please don't go internationally. So, Sue, why don't we start by talking about the uh, recent CDC order? So we would thought we would uh, do our first episode on uh, the uh, the vaccine. So of course, wouldn't it be the case that our first episode ever on uh, you know for staff would would have to do with the coronavirus? Oh, but yes. there are currently two vaccines out there now. There's a number of them coming up uh, into the pipeline, mm-hmm. but as of right now, the Pfizer and the Moderna uh, vaccines are are the ones that are becoming widely available. And they both do have similar efficacy. They there are approximately ninety five percent. Effective shortly after the second dose. Uh, the second dose is given three weeks after the first dose for the Pfizer vaccine and four weeks after the first dose for the Moderna. Um, and there is some immunity they've noted after the first dose, but they're not sure how much or how long it lasts. So it is important to get that second dose. Um, side effects are usually short term and only last two to three days, maybe four days, and start usually on the first or second day. So you can have some soreness at the injection site body or joint aches, headache, fatigue, low fever or chills. Uh, Most people are having either no symptoms or just very mild symptoms after that first dose. This is due to the nature of the vaccine. The first shot kind of introduces your immune system to the virus. And then with the second dose, your immune system responds more strongly, which is what is actually a good thing. It's building the immunity to the virus. And this is also why even if you do get the virus after getting the vaccine, you know, because there's still that 5%, um, you probably won't get a severe case because your body's already kind of built up its its strength against it. So while you're likely with the second dose especially to get some of those side effects that I mentioned, that's just your body strengthening your immune response to the virus. So it's actually really a good thing. You just, you know, might be a little uncomfortable for a couple of days. And I know one thing, John, that we've been hearing is that for people that have had coronavirus previously, that first shot can cause some yeah. pretty severe reactions. Again, it's just that body's immune response. So but just, you know, to be prepared for that. And, you know, it makes sense that you've already had that strong exposure. So your body mounts a stronger immune response. Still, I'll tell you, anybody that I've talked to who's had a symptomatic or especially a, a very symptomatic case of coronavirus is really ready to get that vaccine. They don't care about those side effects They're You know, you just don't want to get the virus if you can avoid it. Right. And I think now is probably a good time to point out that regardless of of this immunity that you're getting, they they still believe you can carry it to somebody else. So you have to still wear your mask. You have to, you know, social distance, all that stuff. It doesn't change. It It really doesn't change anything at this point, at least until we reach herd immunity. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think another way, this is what the other thing that I use when I'm describing it to people is this is protecting you, but it doesn't Mm -hmm. protect anybody else yet until you reach that herd immunity phase. Mm -hmm. And so the... The more serious reaction to the va- to the vaccine, which is anaphylaxis, is really, really rare. It's only about 11 people in every million. Um, and to date, nobody has died from that because it tends to happen pretty quickly and it's easily treated with epinephrine. So they'll prob- they should ask you to wait for 15 minutes after receiving the injection just to be monitored during that time. Um, and this type of reaction is more likely in someone with severe allergies. So, you know, make sure to let your provider know. But again, very rare. But because of some of these issues that people are having, we're trying to recommend if people have a choice to kind of stagger 
when their staff gets the vaccine or add more staff on these certain days for those few days afterwards, um, or maybe even scheduling fewer cases, because you may end up having to not go to work, or you may just be a little fatigued and not be able to, you know, be up to your normal standards. So, you know, just something to keep in mind that that second dose might kind of slow people down for a couple of days. So I guess what you're saying is you can't have one of these staff parties where you hand out the vaccine to everybody. <laughs> yes. I mean, if that's the only way to get it, <laughs> go right. ahead and do that's it. Right. Get that vaccine. True. But yeah, if, if you have a choice, it's good to stagger it a bit. Another thing that we thought we would talk about is a recent CDC order uh, regarding testing for airline passengers that are entering the United States. Uh, this order was uh, issued on January 12th of uh, 2021, and it's in effect, effective January 26th. And so I, so I'm going to have you talk about it in a few seconds, but this is really important because uh, we're, we're coming upon a, a season where sometimes people take mm-hmm. a break during the wintertime. You and I, for example, will be heading down to uh, Hilton Head in a, in a bit. We're not leaving the country, and it's not just because of, uh, of this order, um, but, um, but it's important. If you are planning international travel, this order is definitely going to impact okay. you, and it, and it could really uh, put a damper on some of your plans. So why don't you kind of go through some of the, uh, the things. That and this applies to... Even all of you people with the private jets, I think. Right. <laughs> I'm sure we got a lot of listeners that are going to be saying, oh, We're darn. just jetting all over the place. But um, anybody that's flying internationally. Uh, so you have to be tested within three days before boarding your flight back to the U.S. And this is going to apply even if you've been vaccinated. Now, if you've had COVID-19 and you recovered, they don't, in the past three months, I believe it is, they don't recommend you getting tested again. You know, you may still test positive just because of some residual, but you can get around that by bringing your positive test result as well as a written permission letter from a healthcare provider or a public health official. So so you can do that if you do need to travel out of the country. But otherwise, you need to bring a negative test result with you that, as I said, was done within three days before you got on that flight. And it would be a viral test. It can't be an antibody test. And if you don't bring that, they just aren't going to allow you on the flight. And if your flight was delayed and it pushes you past that three days, then you do have to start over. You have to go get another test. And, you know, then there's a waiting time until you get the results. So I would say if you're going to go someplace out of the country, really set that up ahead of time. Make sure you find a place that's doing pretty rapid turnover with their tests and that that you can get that um, that done. Now, the CDC recommends that travelers get tested three to five days after travel and stay home or otherwise self-quarantine for seven days after travel. But again, that's a recommendation. That's not an order like the above part. So they are looking at work using an app called Verify, V-E-R-I-F-L-Y, which will be available on January 23rd for passengers to upload all those required documents just to kind of streamline that process. Because I know right now from the UK, people are required to show their test results. Um, This is just kind of an expansion of that. But there they have to show the results in the lobby before they even get into security. But I think that would just be a nightmare to do right. that everywhere. So they're trying to I think to in general this way. is going to be a nightmare. I think this is very complex. Yeah. But it is uh, being yeah. done to protect um, us from, you know, from the spread of some of these other uh, versions of the virus that are starting mm-hmm. to enter mm-hmm. the United States. And, of course, always follow your state and local recommendations or requirements related to travel. So just check into those. Make sure they're not more stringent than this. I thought I would end this uh 
first podcast for our, our staff, just with uh, one question that keeps coming up, uh, both from administrators uh, uh, in surgery centers, managers in surgery centers, and also from staff, and that is, do I see a national mandate for people to have a vaccine. And just like the flu vaccine, I don't believe that that's going to happen. I think there's going to be so many, you know, uh, rights issues, you know, personal rights issues with regard to that. That being said, you know, in many states, those individuals that choose not to uh, have the flu vaccine, for example, are required to wear masks all the time, um, uh, you know, that a patient's around. So I would expect that your employers uh, might not uh, be allowed or might not uh, require you to have the vaccine, but would put restrictions on your employment, which would include mm-hmm. things like, you know, continuing to wear the mask for the rest of your life, basically, <laughs> until uh, you get the vaccine. So uh, just understand that that's where I think we're going to be. It's hard to tell at this point. You know, we do have a new administration coming in. And, you know, certainly one thing that can override anything that your employers do, you know, would be a government mandate. So we'll have to see how that progresses. But at this point, I really don't expect that you're going to see a mandate. There's so many other issues, too, mm-hmm. with regard to the vaccine. There's going to have to be there would have to be so many exceptions too. I um, think so. I think it'll end up being kind of like the flu shot, like you said. You know, with that we just had to wear a mask. That was often enough right. to get people to get the flu vaccine because nobody wanted to walk around with a mask all right. day. But here we are, people. So. Yeah, a year later. And <laughs> I know. I know. But I was looking at my office yeah. the other day, and I was just noticing that half the room is taken up with masks. You know, <laughs> our supply of masks. But uh, yeah, and if people are looking for where to get the vaccine, you know, anybody. Working in healthcare, patient-facing healthcare, uh, should be able to get it. I believe. I mean, I'm sure it's all different by state, but probably your Department of Health is the best place to look if if your employer, you know, can't give you direction on that. Right. And most of our surgery centers are not. We're not encouraging surgery centers to actually be distributing the vaccine. There will be some of uh, some of the organizations out there that will do that, but for the most part, you're probably going to have to lo- rely upon the local hospital or uh, a local uh, uh, drugstore. I know they're distributing a lot to the drugstores as well as uh, public health uh, departments. And I know, at least in New York State, the Ambulatory Surgery Center Association is gathering names um, of uh, centers that are giving the vaccine and the centers that are unable to get the vaccine. So he's going to try to pair people together. I don't know how that'll work, but they're trying to. So probably, you know, that may be another resource in in different states to try to match people up. So thank you for joining us for this first episode of the staff edition of the ASC podcast with John Gailey, and we'll see you in a week. This podcast is an educational and operational tool and is not intended to be a comprehensive resource for all rules, regulations, and standards that an ambulatory surgery center must meet. The advice provided should not be considered as, nor does it constitute legal advice or opinion. When reviewing specific situations involving legal and regulatory issues, attorneys and other professionals should be consulted. This has been a production of Eden Group Development. All rights are reserved. We would like to thank our sponsors, Ambulatory Healthcare Strategies, Surgical Information Systems, Encompass Healthcare Data Solutions, BHG Patient Lending, Medicus IT, and Intelair. For more information about our sponsors, visit our website at ASCPodcast.com. If you're interested in advertising or sponsoring the ASC Podcast with John Gailey, please email us at info at ASCPodcast.com. We would love to hear your questions and comments. Please email us at comments at ASCPodcast.com.